everyone, welcome to episode 40 of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris, alongside my cousin, Neil. Welcome back, everybody. Lots to discuss. Two amazing episodes today. Yes, sorry that we have been doing kind of every other week, but busy summer, you know, got meals off living his life on his summer break because he doesn't have to teach i've taken care of a infant and newborn there's a lot of things happening um but we'll we're we're trying to get back to the weekly where we're planning on it for next week so as jeff goldblum said in jurassic park to keep it in theme with our viewers here life finds a way that's it that's it. Um, so we have a fun episode this week. We have two lo- episodes of Loki to review. Episode four and five, which were yeah. the two best episodes of the season so Absolutely. far. Absolutely. They've gotten better and better as the season's gone on. Then we're going to do a little bit of rolling or trolling, a Marvel heavy rolling or trolling. Um, and then finally, we just have our suggestions from last week yep or two weeks ago i guess technically dose week so we will go over that first let's talk loki yeah how, how let's start here how are you feeling going into the finale i so here's how i'm feeling uh befuddled bewildered um i don't like i thought the season was going in one direction um Obviously, they've taken a turn. So when and I'll and I'll I'll cap it with this. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they do. They're obviously much better writers than I could ever be because every second of these two episodes, I was like, "Well, that's what are we going to do now?" And then they they surprise me. But when we saw, and we could talk about it when we yeah, saw well, spoilers, obviously spoilers, obviously spoilers. Um, Loki with like the the. Um, political pin yes on. president loki president loki we saw him in the trailers and i was like oh that we're just gonna that's what this show is gonna be we're gonna follow loki through all his different you know scams and then that turned out not to really be the case no, it turned out that he was just another variant another variant, lording over all the other loki variants that yes. survived um let's uh, okay so let's but go how about over- you like are you ready for the finale Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be tremendous. I can't wait. I mean, let's see. I feed baby girl around 3 a.m. when (laughs) the episode releases on Disney Plus, and I might just watch it while I'm feeding. At 3 a.m. I'll be up for an hour anyways. I might just do that. That's how excited I am. 100%. Um, Okay, so let's, let's go over... First, we'll talk about episode four and then how that led into episode five. Um, Basically, episode four, we had left off with Sylvie and Loki um, on Lamentis One with it being destroyed and the TVA is looking for them. And all of a sudden, they, they form a, a... a... I don't know if it's a romantic love, but some sort of sparks fly between the yeah. two of them, which causes a major 
Nexus level event, despite the fact that they're sitting in an apocalyptic event, which Nexus level events aren't really supposed to happen then. So this must have been something big for the TVA to pick it up and go find them and collect them. And let's revisit for a moment what a genius concept it is to hide at an apocalyptic event because you can't change anything because it's going to end. It's going to end no matter what. So if you slap genius someone across concept. the face, it doesn't matter because they're yes. gone in five minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, br- abs- very, very smart of those writers. Um, what do you think? I think it's very appropriate that of anyone that Loki would fall in love with, it would be a version of himself. That is possibly the most perfect story element of this series. You just, like you said it perfectly. Of course, Loki's going to fall in love with himself. He is the quintessential narcissist. (laughs) It's genius. It's absolutely genius. So the TVA comes along and arrests the, the duo and, um, uh, Sylvie is taken away and then Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop memory of when he I guess cut Sif's hair right. Sif makes a guest appearance and she comes in enraged and keeps punching him in the face or in the nuts or wherever she keeps just keeps both pun- punching him in the face time and loop him in the nuts. just over and over again just punching yeah. him punching him punching him um meanwhile sylvie uh is taken by the um tva agent b15 um and she unlocks b15's memories to prove that b15 is actually a variant which that the revelation that again spoiler alert the revelation that the entire TVA is made up of variants and that they were not created by this organization as they were led to believe, but once had lives. Like this is why Marvel's doing it right. There are so many reveal. layers. It's a great layers reveal. I did not see that. Com- like that's not even something you're thinking of until all of a sudden right. it happens. Exactly. Um, so then, Mobius, he meets with uh, Ravona Renslayer in her mm. office and they're kind of going over what's been going on and he wants to be able to talk to Sylvie and she won't let him. And then he asks about Agent C-20, who is right. the one that Sylvie originally lo- unlocked her memories um, a couple episodes ago. And Renslayer say that she, said that she died um, from a, a mental breakdown. Which... Right, that she was okay till she wasn't. Yes, which Mobius isn't buying, and he right. ends up swapping um, his little uh, time remote control with Renslayer to see that uh, he sees a recording of Renslayer interrogating C20, who right. insists that all the TVA workers are all variants, um, and she definitely looks mentally sound and not having a mental breakdown. So Mobius is not. Is finally seeing the light after being told by Loki and seeing that having that seed planted in his mind that things might not be what they seem at the TVA. Absolutely. So then Mobius frees Loki, um, but 
Renslayer comes along after he, he frees Loki and she prunes Mobius. Mobius gets got. He gets got. So let's pause. A, the idea of calling it pruning is brilliant because you're you're like pruning a dead leaf off a tree, but the tree still right. goes on. Like that's brilliant. You're taking out one entity, but the rest mm-hmm. of it's okay. And like the 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 tie-in of the fact oh. that there's brand, different timeline branches, right. branches on a plant that you're pruning, things like that. Very smart. Brilliance, brilliance, brilliance. Uh, this is a wonderful color to see on Owen Wilson. Obvi- like he's always charming. He always plays kind of a, a lovable goof. But he's really, we said this like at the first episode, he's really kind of level. Like he's not over yes. the top. He's not waving his hands in the air, getting crazy. And it almost makes you love him more. Oh, without a doubt. Right? Like he's so perfect. Everything he's doing is perfect. Yes. And so I, when he gets I got, agree. I literally so sat up in my chair. I was like, what? Yes. That, but that's not even going to be the craziest part of this episode. This episode just had reveal after reveal after reveal. In, insanity. So then... Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers. We right. see the timekeepers and they order Loki and Sylvie to be deleted. Deleted. But not before B15 shows up and helps out Loki and Sylvie and they defeat Renslayer and the timekeepers guards and then Sylvie beheads one of the timekeepers and reveals that timekeepers aren't real. They're they androids. Are. Not a thing. Androids, robots, which again, so and they play every beat perfectly because they leave you there for a minute to be bewildered, to like be confused, like Loki and Sylvie are, and then they start the process of being like, well, someone else is out there. We got to get to the head of the, you know, of the cell and find out what's going on. Absolute genius. The Here's the best part of that. The boardroom, uh, like the the timekeeper's room. It's like an ice palace. It is like an ice palace, but it was also good enough for me. Like, Didn't need to be crazy. Right. But if they were the real timekeepers and not androids, I would have accepted it. I was like, okay. That's where they would be. That's where they would be. And they'd be in their hovering chairs and they'd be at the penthouse level in the elevator. Like, I get it. Yeah. So, but but them not that not being them is even better. Yeah. So you were a, a fan of that twist. Oh, absolutely. Because I I mean I am too because I'm thinking that it's still going to get paid off. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we get Loki, who's about to basically profess his feelings for Sylvie. Right. Before, but n- not before Renslayer gathers herself and prunes loki which prunes was him. a complete shocker when i saw that too i'm like you got rid of mobius and loki in the same episode in what? the same episode and the show is called loki right so i again i'm sitting up in my chair to get me like i'm in the bag for this stuff as we all are but to have me sit up twice and be like oh my god oh my god that's brilliant writing so 
they basically end on that, but then we get a mid credit scene. Yeah, which is and all of a sudden, Loki wakes up and he's we don't know where he is. He doesn't know where he is, and he's surrounded by a couple of other Loki variants. We had, and I'm gonna make sure that I have the uh, correct roster. Roster. We had boastful Loki, (laughs) alligator Loki, yes, kid Loki. And classic Loki played by Richard E. Grant. They're just Who, sitting there waiting for him. A hundred absolutely. Richard E. Grant, um, underrated performer. He's been in a lot of things. He kind of got his start in a movie called Warlock in the 80s. I think it was the late 80s. Uh, tremendous. He's been he was in Hudson Hawk, which was a terrible uh, Bruce Willis movie. I love it, but I love terrible movies. Um, Richard E. Grant. He was also in the latest Star Wars uh, trilogy, playing uh, an old M- imperial like admiral. Yep, uh, that was part of the old guard, loyal to the emperor. But he's just great because he can be funny, he can be menacing, he can be serious, and he's the type of actor where you buy it all. So I was happy to see him, and I liked the old school uniform. That was a nice payoff. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I Shout thought I thought them. that was great too. And I, I mean, I for whatever reason just got so much enjoyment out of Alligator Loki. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, but we're gonna get into that into in episode five, where yeah. we start back up and Renslayer basically tells Sylvie that Loki was not killed or deleted yet. Loki right. is basically sent to something called the void which is at the end of time right and nothing has ever returned from the void brilliant concept uh it's essentially hell right essentially yeah so what's happening is they're sent to the void at all of these deleted variants or deleted timelines even where we're seeing you know those little timeline bombs that they've used yeah it gets sent to the void and then there's this <laughs> this is insane just me saying all this out loud there's a basically a giant cloud monster right. named aeolith who yes. comes along and eats the whatever's sent there and then i guess it gets deleted or who knows what happens once and- he destroys it Here's how good this show is. By the time we get to this episode, by the time they explain how Loki and, and Mo, uh, Mobius are still alive, by the time they explain all that, and I'm in and invested, mm-hmm. then we get Cloud Monster, and I don't think twice about it. I'm like, well, of course there's Cloud Monster in, in, in the Void. Right. Like I never, I had no, there wasn't a second of like, well, that's strange or, or that's too much. I was in. Yep. And they did it better than cloud Galactus. The last time we saw that, oh which was gosh, a, yeah. oh, so like <laughs> they're already improving on the theme. No question. Yeah. So now basically Sylvie's in a position where she, they basically figure out talking to each other because Renslayer is also kind of looking to find out who's behind all this too. Right. And they come to the conclusion that the true creator of the TVA must be somewhere beyond the void. Right. 
So there's the void. There's got to be something a little bit further than that, where the the creator of the TVA and time itself or whatever the heck is happening is laying out all the branches and plans and, and all that stuff. So Renslayer acts like she's going to cooperate and Miss Minutes is, is helping her stall for time until the TVA troops can get to the uh, courtroom and surround Sylvie and Sylvie in order to escape. She just prunes herself and sends herself to the void prunes herself outrageous but she slips into her pocket the little timekeeper device so they can yes she makes sure that she has the time device Um, wise choice very smart and now maybe they will be the first people to ever to come out of the void um renslayer then interrogates b15 and she basically um is uh is plotting to find reach the TVA's creator as well. Uh, meanwhile, we catch up with the Lokis. Yes. We get a couple of great Easter eggs. Oh. I don't know if you caught some of them. That's it. So Go we ahead. had the Thanos copter that was in the background. I, I did not I catch. Don't that. know if Stop. you saw that. Okay. There is a helicopter. Yeah. That's crashed. Right. In the background. And on the the tail of it, it says Thanos. Oh, and that is from like the comic book. Oh. Thanos had a helicopter that he would fly fly around That's in a couple of the issues. Awesome. Um, so I I'll send you that so you can see it. It's really funny. And then yes. as we're kind of going down into um, the Loki's uh, hideout. Mm we're going through and we could see like the dirt as we're going through underground and you see a buried jar and a small little hammer up right. outside of the jar. And there's a Thor oh, yes. frog Thor in yes. the jar jumping up. And funny enough, the little voice of the frog was Chris Hemsworth. I did catch that one. That one I caught and I thought it was genius. Um, Here's my question. Boastful Loki. Yes. Is carrying a hammer. Yes, he is. Are we led to believe that in that timeline, that's Mjolnir? I'm not sure. Because that wasn't I'm not explained. Sure because he's also not, I don't know if he is um, specifically from any uh, like, like comic. Comic. And, yeah. Yeah any specific comic uh, character or version of Loki. Here's how like sick it is. Like here's how too into it. I was, that's the part that I got caught on. (laughs) I didn't like, I didn't care about alligator Loki. Like now you want to know more about boastful Loki. Yeah. Why is he so boastful? Why is he able to carry the hammer? Boastful Loki. What's he boasting about? What's he boasting about? And that's like, he's, he's like, oh, I killed, or no, he's child Loki supposedly killed. Kid Loki uh, kills kid Thor, Thor, which in his timeline, that's why he gets sent to the void. But that makes sense. That makes sense. But I'm like, yeah, the hammer thing caught me up. And then old Loki, I think that was a genius that his storyline was, he realized how bad he was and went and lived on like an island planet. Right. And then the moment he decided to like come back to the world for the better, yeah, they pruned him. 
It's so right. sad. Right, because he wasn't affecting any timelines when he was off in isolation, but the and second he he left there, he affected something. He, exactly. And like, there's still a lot to cover in this episode, but really the salient point is how good are they that they essentially keep telling the same Loki story, but we keep caring. Like and they keep Loki's, hammering home dis- different yes. aspects and and like layers, and layers of of his character. This out of any of the out of the three Disney Plus shows that we've gotten, this the purpose of this show. While we're getting twists and we're getting you know theories yeah, and stuff like that, the the real. Um, piece that drives this show is that it's a character study that's the whole point we are trying to learn every little bit of loki what makes him tick what is his story why is he the way he is and it's going for it yeah like i keep biting at the hook i'm like yes all right he's evil and he's gonna backstab this person and like we knew that was coming but then you are rooting for him Every time, every time, in every movie, and every it's like they just keep telling that story perfectly. Um, so then we get they're in the hideout, and boastful Loki happened to betray his small group of Lokis for the second group of a larger group of Lokis led right. by President Loki, who we saw in the trailer, as you mentioned at the right. top of the podcast. Um, which of course leads to infighting with that group and uh our, our small group of loki's classic loki alligator loki kid loki and our loki escape right. um and they eventually come across mobius and sylvie who met up when sylvie dropped in and was and, getting chased by aeolith right and again like one of the things that i did get caught on was how big is this void? Like everybody seems to get dropped know. within a pile of each other. Yeah, who knows? Well, yeah. I think what's funny and what I like as well, it hammers home aspects about Loki, is that ultimately the only people that survive the void are Lokis. Right. They're the only ones who survive. Which, if you think about it, in a post-apocalyptic world of any kind, the people that are going to survive are probably people like seedy, Loki. less reputable. People. They're going to be thinking only about themselves. Half yes. of the people that didn't make it in the void, they probably didn't make it because of a Loki, a and Loki. not because of the monster. Correct. 100%. Um, so essentially Sylvie discovers when she was dropped in that she there's something going on with Aeolith and she can actually enchant Aeolith. Um, so that's right. what the plan is. That's what they decide to do. Loki, our Loki was going to go in and just try to kill Aeolith. That was not going to work. Yeah, he so changed his mind. That is a better plan. Um, Didn't this class- smack of uh, Ego, the Living Planet, Guardians of the Galaxy? A little bit. Too, a little bit. You know, like uh, the what's her name's going to put him to sleep kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, still work for me, but like that was a kind of a recycled idea, but a good one. Yes. 
Um, and so we get classic Loki. He sacrifices himself, creating a, an illusion of Asgard to distract Aeolith. Yeah. Um, while Loki and Sylvie um, successfully enchant Aeolith together. And basically the, the cloud creature, he, the cloud parts and mm. shows but the two the way to a citadel that is beyond the void right a citadel beyond the void very nice phrasing um thank you. that go- that f- specific phrasing is courtesy of wikipedia thank you very much word L- uh, quick richard e grant classic loki like a his stance as he's building this thing like this fake asgard mm-hmm. looked awesome second i again I'm leaning forward in my seat by that point, yep. rooting for classic Loki, who I've only known for like 20 minutes. And beyond it all, the perfect line is she turns to real Loki. Sylvie turns to real Loki and is like, well, I, I didn't think you could do that. And he says, well, I think we're stronger than we think we are, or we must be stronger. Right. Than we think we and I just am like, all having all the feelings at all, all at once yeah when he says it. it's tremendous like the, it just keeps giving you everything you want um i i couldn't agree more yeah i couldn't agree more so what do you think is going to happen when they cross into this uh into the citadel area so i think there's there's got to be a few things here i think the most prominent theory which is uh, one that I think I agree with, is that beyond the void, what we see that is um, Kang's Kang the Conqueror's home, right in the quantum realm. Okay. Now, here's the here's where the problem occurs. Like they're they're brilliant writers, so they're going to come up with something brilliant. But if it's not timekeepers and it's going to be something else, is it going to be a letdown if it's like a regular villain? Like Kang is not your regular villain, but you know, he, he's take downable. Like he's I feel like not, we need he a is, cosmic. So he's a bit I, I disagree. I think he's okay. he's one of the bigger villains yeah. that we've got in Marvel. Um, because he's always around. It makes sense because of his links in the comic books to the TVA. He right. was one of the original timekeepers, and in the comic book canon, he is basically kicked out by right. the timekeepers because the timekeepers aren't as horrible as they are in in this in yeah. the MCU version, where they are keeping like the timeline straight, and right. um, they see that. Um, Kang wants to just do whatever he wants. And they're like, no, 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 we can't have you doing this. Yeah, so that's why they banish him. And he ends up as Rama Tut in right. the pyramids. Cause they just throw him in a different well, timeline. He's also sometimes uh Reed Richards. Yeah. Grand. He's also a descendant of Reed Richards. So there's that aspect too. Do you um, think we see um, imprisoned time Lords? In Ka- maybe. If it's Kang, maybe you could yeah. possibly see that. Um, 
I'm I'm not really sure, but I think listen, this has to it just makes the most sense that you know, you see a place Kang is so tied to this world, you know you're getting multiverse centric movies coming up in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and you know Kang is going to be in Ant-Man Quantumania. So right. maybe we are now setting him up similar to how Thanos was set up to be the big bad of the next, this yeah. next iteration of the MCU or maybe he's one of the big bads for this iteration of the MCU. Cause I think they might even try to go for a couple big bads this, this time around. Yeah, no, I can dig it. I think you, you know what you're, you're bringing me on board. I'm, I can dig that. It's just too, like, listen, if it's not him, I, I still think they're going to do a good job with whatever it is they decide to do, but there are too many things now pointing in that direction Right, where I gotta think the odds gotta be, you know, over a fifty percent chance that it's him, that it's Kang. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think you're, you're the, right. the 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 Citadel that they show um, is very similar to in the comics. That's what his, his like home is I in the comics as well. Awesome. Um, that's very very. Cool. So, anyways, that's that's my theory. What like what are you kind of hoping for or thinking um, in I, this area? I want there to be time lords because I feel like it's necessary. You can't just have created like I feel like if it's if it's someone that just created this uh, organization as a means of of screwing with time or something like I, I feel like that's a letdown. I think you have to have either imprisoned time lords that maybe like you said like Kang is keeping because he was jealous for getting thrown out that will then be released and, and write the ship. Or I want to see them in this realm being like, you know what? We just kind of said, screw it. We, we got tired of it. We couldn't fix the end of the world. So we decided to do our own thing yeah. and then have some kind of drama about that. But I want there to be, I want the the dogma, the lore of the TVA to matter. Like, I don't want it to just be written off as a scheme of a bad guy. Okay. Like, I want it to have at least like there were timekeepers, but yes. they were just they were yes. taken over, and now Killed, it's just been a facade over, right. by the person who took right. over. And you know, the other prevailing theory could be that it's it's a Loki. That Which, has already yeah. taken over the TVA, like a King Loki or right. something like that, where he's already done it. Like what Loki was set out to do at the beginning of the series, one yeah. of the Lokis already did it, which I think would be a great twist as it well. It would be a great twist because he would want to eliminate the other Lokis. Oh, without a doubt, because there's you know? always a Loki that's ultimately looking out for himself, right? Yes. Um. So I, I could see that. A couple, a couple more notes just on Kang uh, that I I forgot about and just remembered. Um, Ravona Renslayer is Kang's love interest from the comic right. book, so there's that connection as well. And then his home, that kind of like citadel that we're talking about, his right. home is called the Chronopolis. Chronopolis, which oh, is chronology time, which is in 
the quantum realm. Right. Um, typically in the, in the comic books. So anyways, we, I am going to do my best to get this podcast up and running tonight Tremendous. in time for the finale tomorrow. Cause I'm Definitely. so excited. I cannot wait for, for this last episode. I'm getting my full Marvel fix. I watched black widow. We're going to talk about that next week. We'll get it's into that a little so bit good. later. Um, but I'm just like, Marvel is back. And it's Marvel great. is back. I cannot wait. Um, cannot wait. All right, let's put a pin in Loki for now. Let's do it. And let's talk more Disney and Marvel stuff. Before we jump into the Marvel stuff, here's a little tidbit from the Star Wars universe. It Ooh. looks like Disney has dropped the Slave One name judging by a recent uh, Lego release that uh, just calls the ship Boba Fett's Starship. Neil, what are your feelings on this name change? Uh, are you rolling or trolling with it? I'm trolling it because it's stupid. Like, why can't we call it Slave One? It's He's a bounty hunter. He's essentially, uh, a, he's a, not essentially, in the original films, he's a bad guy. And what he does is he captures people and sells them into uh, their for their bounty. He turns them in not to like the legal authorities, but to the huts, a gangster. You know, he sells Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt, who hangs him on his wall as art in yep. Carbonite. Like it's okay to have a bad guy be bad. You know, yeah. so I just think it's ridiculous. Like, it's just ridiculous. I I understand where you're coming from with that. Like, that, that makes sense. I agree with, like, I think, you know, we don't have to hold. Uh, there's a line where, yeah. like, we shouldn't be holding writers to a certain standard of their, like, what their characters are doing. Yeah. Like, their characters are their own. And if they're bad people, they're going to do and say bad things. That's right. not a reflection on the people directing, writing, creating the show. It's just who the character is. It's the character. Um, I understand it being a Disney property and them creating now a Boba Fett show that yeah. there's certain things they have to tweak to make him even more marketable and make them more money. And right. that makes sense as something that they would do. Mm. So it, it's a little icky, if you will, th that from a money-making proposition, it makes complete sense for Disney right. to do this because it's not like it's a... But let's also... Like, it's not like it's a huge deal breaker for any... Like you're no. a Star Wars fan. You love Boba Fett. You're not living or dying on whether or not his ship is named slave one. But let me put two things to you. Mm -hmm. One, one, they just said they're changing the name because the word. They didn't even, they didn't even say that they're changing the name. This is just being assumed because right. on a Lego set, they change and other, I think other toy sets, yeah. it's no longer appearing on it. They, they also haven't even really explained why the ship is called that, you know? So there's stuff in comics. Correct. I have no idea why it's called that. And they ha like, they haven't come up with a new name for it. 
either. So I have no problem really like with the name, like leave it alone and explain, like explain it away somehow. But my, the second thing I was going to say is this was my initial fear with Disney. Star Wars was generally wholesome. So there's not a lot to change, but they're going to Disneyfy like, and do a cleansing that I think is unwarranted. So like you're doing, you never know. Like if this is, maybe this is the first step in that, or maybe this is a blip. (sighs) Maybe it's a blip. I hope it's a blip, but you like everybody for decades, everybody wanted a Boba Fett something. They wanted a Boba Fett show. They wanted a Boba Fett movie, a standalone Boba Fett movie. Everybody loved Boba Fett from the first moment he showed up on screen. Now, years later, Disney's the one that's going to do Boba Fett stuff. And it's going to, I just don't want it to be so bland and boring. But remember, the first line of dialogue anybody says to him is no disintegrations. Yeah. This is a guy that disintegrates people. Okay. Like, of course, he would have a ship with a crazy name. Of course, he would be a an unscrupulous yeah. guy. But now so, they've, de- yeah. like, listen, maybe this is, you know, looking at it from a kind of glass half full perspective. Maybe this mm-hmm. is just the small price you have to pay in order to actually get the Boba yeah. Fett property that you've been looking for, for, you know, 30 years. I'm just afraid that these are not the droids I'm looking for. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid. I like it. I like Thank it. We're going to, we'll, we'll end there. Yeah. We'll, end, we'll, we'll end that one there. Um, is Hugh Jackman returning to play Wolverine in the MCU? He recently posted a photo of himself with Kevin Feige alongside a photo of Wolverine's claws. I. Well, I want you to start on this. What do you think? I think this would be a cruel, cruel tease if it's yes. not at least being considered. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. We, and we don't need like a huge, like he's returning and he's playing Wolverine for like three more movies. Right. Give us a cameo. Give us a cameo. Give us maybe a little action, but... I absolutely think this is a genius idea. I Whatever needs to happen to make this work, I'm in. I'm in. That is the only thing that could make Marvel even better. Yeah. The only thing that could make the cinematic universe even better is including him in it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Listen, we have gotten, you know, way back in the day, um, we saw... Well, I believe we saw Wolverine's costume. Yeah. And it, nothing ever came in of it. the MCU. Nothing, obviously nothing ever came of it. Yeah. Um, I believe it was in, um, where was it? Was it in Iron Man? I forget, but that no, we at, saw it at one point in his movie. I think it was in the Wolverine. Uh, he opens up a suitcase that has the old. Maybe school. that's maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. I and think he never that's wears what it. I'm thinking of, and he never he never wore it. So that would um, be amazing. You know he's going to be wearing that costume once he's in the MCU, though. Absolutely, and how that would be the bomb. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm rolling with it if that's that's what they decide to do. That would yes. be great. I think it should be a cameo, um, mm-hmm. or something to that effect, because that would be awesome. Absolutely. 
Speaking you know what would be an interesting thing? Oh, is go if, for it. As a cameo in this quantum verse, they're starting multiverse. Yeah. Is if that's how they introduce the new Wolverine, it's a cameo of him with like the he's new a guy. variant and he's a, you know yes. they could do stuff like that absolutely that would absolutely. be that would be cool um rolling kevin feige speaking of says that long-term movie deals for actors in the mcu are officially over interesting he basically insinuated and you know this could be a money saving thing and not what he's projecting it as but he basically insinuated he wants to make sure that people who are creating MCU movies are doing it because they're into it and they want to, and not because they're in a long-term deal that forces them to stay in it. Hmm. So in a way, this could potentially save them money, right? Right. Because they could find someone else or stop making a movie of someone. But at the same time, it could cost them money because you could have, an actor or who drop out you don't realize is gonna hit it big time and then does right. and all of a sudden instead of paying them that 10 year you know four million dollar a movie deal yeah you're now you do doing uh, each next movie you're paying them more and more you're going to five million ten million fifteen twenty here's why I'm gonna troll this uh all the reasons you just explained and it is not going to save me any money. It is not going to make the yeah. ticket price of a, of a movie, you know, screening any cheaper for me. So I don't care. Like I, I don't. If 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 they were doing some concerted effort to drive down the price of Marvel films across the world, I'm all on board. But, you know, this yeah. is just, you know, some business nonsense. Yeah, I kind of I think that it was projected as not business as like something for, you know, the quality of the movies. But ultimately, I think when you really look at it further, it seems like it's a business thing. hundred um, percent. Speaking of a business thing, Black Widow made two hundred eighteen million dollars worldwide in its opening weekend, just shattering the record so far for opening Yikes. weekend pandemic movies and gadzoots. So here's an interesting thing. Well, all right. It's a little unfair because our, so it's $218 million uh, worldwide so far. Worldwide international opening weekend. Including uh, theaters and home Disney Plus no, experience. Just theaters, not including just Disney theaters. Plus. So in a weekend, $218 million just in theaters just in theaters i mean congratulations i'm rolling with it i think that's great but we are now it's like it's people are less scared i think it's a great sign for the movies yeah right because obviously people are more and more comfortable going to the movies in a world where we have been very worried about are the movies even going to come back right the, the way they were which you know we're probably not going to get those adult dramas or, or rom-coms that we used to, but if it's an event movie, if it's a, you know, what's come out so far, quiet place two did very well in late May. Yeah. Had fast and furious just came out that did very well. And now you have black widow that came out that crushed it. You know, 
movies are here to stay. It might be more for event movies that you're really going to go to a theater. Um, I know I considered going to a theater. I'm fully vaccinated. There you go. I ended up doing Disney plus because I've, family who are still in the process of getting fully vaccinated um so you know we did the disney plus route which was probably the same amount of money we were going to spend if we were going to go to the movie theater anyways um and yeah that's that's a big caveat that you mentioned is like that's just the box office we have no idea what it did with disney plus but i'm sure it's got to be out of what's released on Disney Plus Premiere, it's yeah. got to be the most successful. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I here's here's what I hope happens. I hope the world reassesses the movies and cheapens it out so that people want to go experience it on a big screen for. instead of $18, you know, instead of seeing it at home. Yeah. You may or may not have that because obviously they need to make it more affordable and give people deals. Like I've been seeing, you know, I just look to see like, Oh, are there movies playing like during the day now? Cause I know they're now opened up all week before they were only open on the weekends. Now it's all week. It's like, but it was only, you know, on a Tuesday, you could only start going to the movies at like five o'clock. Yeah. Now it's getting a little bit like, oh, they have a one o'clock showing. They have this. And on the weekends, they've been doing like 30 or 40 percent off if you go see a matinee. That's correct. Um, I wonder if those deals start to go away and they start increasing prices because they have to make up all the money that they lost during the pandemic. It's like you never know what they're going to do because then if they do that, are people just going to say, well, it's, I've been fine watching movies at home. So I'll just do that. Um, Right. You got to see how it plays out. It's going to be very, very interesting time for, for movie theaters over the next year or two. Yeah. Regardless uh, props to black widow. I had my doubts. I've yet to see it, but congratulations. Yeah. Because I think this is a good sign. It's a continuing good sign for Marvel. Yeah, I think they that this because you know we we've talked about on the podcast. Are we sure that they waited too long? Right. Did they miss the boat? And yeah. I think this kind of proved that the desire for a Marvel movie was still was there. still there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I will say with no spoilers, I very much enjoyed Black Widow. I think you're going to yeah. enjoy it as well. I'm in. So I know you were worried about the do people want this aspect right. of it that's been covered. I think the other part of it that you've been concerned with is is this going to be a good movie or not? And I yeah. think you're going to be pleasant. You're going to be surprised. pleasantly surprised uh, with how they did. It's Excellent. not a perfect movie, but it's very very enjoyable. It's not one of the like subpar Marvel movies. It's I. Right. Um, continuing on. A lot of Kevin Feige. Um, Feige is not ruling anything out when it comes to a Venom MCU crossover. Okay. A Venom MCU So I have cared the least about Tom Hardy's Venom. Okay. Um, I'm willing to spend more time with it and, and really get reinvolved the, the funny but, thing know. about 
the the first Venom movie is it's almost has like a cult following. Yeah. The people like everyone who saw it knows it was not a good movie. Right. But there is like half of the people that saw it thinks that's what made it actually a good movie. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so ridiculous and over the top. And Hardy's performance is so absurd and over the top that it actually so makes it a fun and entertaining and underrated movie. Um, I happen to be one of those people. I really enjoyed Venom. Um, number one, I'm excited for Woody Harrelson to join on and be Carnage and and see this upcoming Venom. And I think we're, I, I mean, we're already getting an MCU crossover, right? Technically, it's with Spider-Man MCU people, but we know right. we're getting uh, the Vulture in there. We know we're getting Michael Keaton and right. I would be surprised if we don't get at least a uh, Tom Holland cameo. I think you're right. And you know what? Again, it hurts no one to do that. No, it's like, not. I, you know, even, even as un like thrilled as I am by that franchise, I'm still going to be okay with it. Like I'll still be excited to see them do something with it. Yeah, Why with not now? Why not? Um, two more headlines, not MCU related. The Indiana Jones Temple of Doom hat has sold yeah. for $300,000. The Temple of Doom hat. Yes. Neil, are you rolling or trolling with that purchase? Here's I I'm gonna slow roll it because I feel like if I had Buku money like crazy dollars, uh I would buy something stupid like yeah. that. Like like the original prop Luke Skywalker green lightsaber handle. Okay. You know, something like that. Or like an original R2D2 shell you know, from new hope 300,000. I mean, are you going to wear it? Yeah. You better at least put it on your head once a day, once a day for the rest of minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll slow roll that. How do you feel about that? What's the item you're going to spend 300 on Uh, the item? item? I would spend that kind of money on if I had that kind of money to spend. Yeah. Essentially, if I could just if I could just take three hundred thousand dollars and light it on fire or spend it on something, like if I had yes. that kind of money, right? Um, I would spend it on the original um, James Bond Aston Martin. Oh, I because agree. that's my dream car. Correct. That's that's genius. That will. Also that's what I would spend that kind of money on. Yes. Yeah, it's probably you're probably spending more than that three hundred thousand dollars, but. That is what I would spend it on. I want the, um, and I'm not a car person, right? But I like people have dream cars where they're like, oh, I want a Porsche GT, whatever. They, I don't know cars, but all my dream cars are from movies. Like, my number one dream car is the James Bond Aston Martin. Then, of course, there's the Batmobile, like things like that. Those are my dream cars. I support it. Um, finally, James Cameron has admitted that he was high on ecstasy when he came up with the character of James Connor while writing Terminator. Okay. 
let's unpack this. <laughs> he was so James John Connor. Oh, I John Connor. Sorry, I called right. him James Connor. Uh, uh, John Connor is what I meant. Right. James Cameron. James Cameron was writing Terminator. Got high on ecstasy and then came up with the character of John, John Connor. Connor. I guess, but that's the whole story. Like, kind how of, yeah, he must have come up with like Terminator Apocalypse, and then he was like, "Oh, let's uh, create a character that he's got to go back in he's time. He's got to go back and do the thing, save his father." Okay. Or yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? It it was working. Um, I would have said he was high on ecstasy when he was doing Avatar. He might have been, you know, in which case I would advocate him never doing it again, but (laughs) maybe he needs to have an, like an acid flashback because if he's going to insist on making eight more of these avatar movies, that still haven't come out, that still haven't come out. They need to be better. So, yeah, you know, so that, uh, that's what I have to say about that. Let's talk about our suggestions from two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Neil, I watched Tacoma FD. Yes, which I'm excited and to hear your thoughts. You watched an SNL skit. Yes. And um, Lil Baby Sacks wants to join in on the podcast oh. as well. So I hope that that sound is does not portend what you. That feel reflects about. my feelings actually oh. on Tacoma FD. We'll oh get, we'll just get started there. Um, it was very like fine like it was extremely okay it was extremely okay it's like not making me cry like like right. little baby yeah. sacks but right. it's like you know it so was it was very like for me it was just very like generic kind of humor. humor and yeah it, it wasn't really like my cup of tea it wasn't it's probably a nice like mindless show to just put on in the background type of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's not really something for me that I'm just like, oh, I'm going to sit down and binge a bunch of Tacoma FD. Fair enough. All right. How far did you get? You do one episode? I watched two episodes. Two episodes. Okay. Yeah. I gave, so, it, yeah. Two, so I gave it two not, episodes. Not continuing on. Yeah. Didn't, it's not something right. I'm going to continue with. Um, I That, they're, that crew is their stuff isn't something I've ever really gravitated towards. I never saw super, uh, super troopers um, right. or any of their stuff there. I just, you know, I don't know. I've never really had much interest in it. I think this might be one of the first properties that I've seen of theirs. Um, and, you know, to, to quote the, the, yeah. the great Randy Jackson, it's just I for me, dog. It's just I for you, dog. Yeah, just well, that makes me, me sad. I mean, I, I, I thought this would be kind of up your alley in that it's, you know, it is kind of mindless. You can have it on in the background, but it would be like fun. It would be something you'd enjoy. Yeah, checking yeah, yeah. On. But that's a that's a terrible shame. I mean, it's is it the is it the pacing or is it the style of humor? It's I think it's the style of humor. I just okay. didn't like. It's one of those things where it's like. When they're doing stuff, I could see like, oh, that's humorous, but I'm not like laughing. Right. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. It's like, it's more like that's somewhat clever than it is like I'm finding like, oh, this is really funny. Right. That's marginally. No, like they do the whole like the prank episode and they put the shrimp in the chair. It's like, 
Okay. Like, that's just I for you, dog. Yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe it's the their delivery on it. Could be. Or I I don't know. But that's that that was my feeling. How do you feel about that show? I here's what, what, what spurred the suggestion from you. The, what spurred it for me is I've been seeing the previews and then I did binge all two seasons. Like I okay. went straight through it. And for me, a 20 minute, I don't have to really think hard about right. it. Like Which I enjoy I get that aspect of it. Right. I enjoy a ridiculous humor thing. Here's what I enjoyed about it the most. Every episode's a bottle episode. Gotcha. So like gotcha. there is no like there's kind of there's not much of a storyline right or story arc it's just like you could jump in anywhere and watch an episode like in the second season they did like three episodes that have like kind of an arc but you could jump in anywhere and watch an episode like every episode is essentially because they're a comedy team so it's like just a skit every episode yeah yeah yeah. so i like that that concept appealed to me yeah that makes sense and i wonder if to like for for me you know, maybe that's um, that kind of hindered it a little bit because it's not like a show made for binging in the same way that we've grown accustomed to, if that's the case. You know what I mean? Even now, every comedy series is serialized. Well, that's true too. So I don't know. I don't know. Just interesting stuff to think about. You know, I, I wouldn't ever deter anyone else from seeing it for themselves and trying it out, but just for me, you know, just I for me, dog. Just I for me, dog. All right. Um, well, you had me watch a the, like a five minute skit on SNL, was, the easiest suggestion yeah. you'll ever get from me. And it was perfect. I loved it. So it's the iceberg sketch from SNL. Yes. Essentially, he's he's like it going is the on, iceberg that sunk oh, the Titanic. He's on weekend update and he's obviously asked the question. You know, what? Didn't you see it coming? What happened there? And what cracks me up is it's it's a play on like the celebrity that doesn't want to talk about the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. It's like, well, you know, Harrison Ford like never wants to talk about Star Wars, but that's what why he's famous, Uh, you know, things like that. You know, other actors who have like Mel Gibson never wants to talk about his DUI. It's this is so it was a perfect spoof of all of those celebrities. It's also just a funny skit because he's playing the victim, which is is funny because like when you really think about it, they rammed in the iceberg was like he had he made good points. Yeah, it's like that's where I live. You rammed into me, and and then it was just he that um actor Owen Yang. Owen Yang, Bowen, very, Bowen, very, Bowen, Bowen yes. Yang, very, very funny. Oh, he does a great job. He does an he's, amazing He's an up-and-comer from, yes. from that cast. He's very, very good. It's, uh, it, he does a version. Um, during COVID, they did uh, several songs, um, and one was uh, Plane to Nowhere at LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. And he sings, it's called Profiled Asian, which is a play oh on, God. oh my God. It's a play on uh, the, oh, I can't think of the word, um, Little Shop of Horrors, Suddenly Seymour. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Song. It is so funny. 
He is tremendous. It's right in the heart of all of the, the COVIDness breaking yeah. out. So that's where I was first introduced to him. I was a fan going into this sketch and it's just genius. Like I, there were so many layers, even though it was only five minutes, there were layers. Like I said, like they're, they're not just comment, like talking about the Titanic. They're really spoofing all these actors who like, what did you think we were going to talk about? Right. He's like, I and came then, here to talk about my, my album, album music, which, which was, <laughs> which was so funny. And he cracked himself up too. He couldn't get through that. He's like, it's called music. <laughs> and then he, he straightened himself out. But that's just brilliant. Like, it's just so funny. Yeah. Like, I'm Good. here to well, talk about my album. I'm glad so. you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed it. Um, all right. So next week, we will have a podcast next week, by the way. Word. We'll be here. So. Next week, we are going to be wrapping up Loki and its season finale. Yep. We are going to be doing some more rolling or trolling. And in lieu of suggestions for each other this week, right? we are going to discuss Black Widow. Oh, yes. Going to do a full deep dive into Black Widow. We get double Marvel next week. We get double, Loki finale double. and Black Widow. We're giving everyone an extra week to go see it for themselves before we just completely spoil everything about it. True, and we will. Oh yes, I'm very excited about this. I'm excited to do a deep dive. I'm gonna, I'm going to really be analyzing this film. Yeah, do it, do it. I'm putting on to, my. Cri- I want to talk about glasses. how they did. We want to talk about. Did they do a good enough send-off to the Scarlett Johansson and, and right. Natasha Romanoff? Um, did they set up the new characters well enough? Um, did they just make a good movie or not? Um, right. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun conversation. So we are going to be doing that next week. Uh, thank you all for joining us again. We appreciate it. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever it is that you are listening to us. We are available on all of the major podcast platforms, and we are also available on Neil's tremendous website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. With that being said, Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on, everybody. Stream on, everybody.